0: Sports Network. Hello and welcome to the Obligatory Keystone Crossover Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Chris Bucanani. Hey Chris, as always, what's, great to chat some Penn State football with you. What's happening, Jim? How are you? I am good. I, I'm hoping we had the last of our snow over the weekend. God willing. We're getting some decent weather this week. It's spring, right?
1: Yeah, and we are getting into one of the best sports times of the year. This is awesome. This is fun. I love the NCAA Men's Hockey Tournament. Unfortunately, Penn State couldn't pull off the big upset, but they had a fun run and knocked off Ohio State, which is always good. We're getting into nationals and wrestling. Of course, March Madness, really, really good, fun time to be a sports fan.
0: It really is. Uh, I'm looking forward to March Madness, as always. And it's spring football coming up, which leads me to our topic for today, Chris. You know, we've Mm -hmm. been bringing up some pretty serious topics, pretty serious talking points. I want to go a little bit lighter this week, but I think a fun topic. Real simple question for you, simple as it could get. We've got spring practice coming up, looking forward to a new season. What players on this Nittany Lion team are you most anxious to see play? And it could be for any reason, any reason at all. Coming off injury, a new player changing positions, wide open, give me the players that you're anxious to see.
1: Sure, Jim, and I have a little list here prompted by you sending me the topic ahead of time. I'll be curious to hear what you think about these guys and maybe some other ones I haven't mentioned. Right off the top, I am just going to be clear, I am not going to talk about the quarterback position at all because there's low-hanging fruit. And then there's talking about the quarterback spot on any football team. Obviously, what goes on there is going to be critical. There are plenty of reasons for Penn State fans to be interested and frankly excited about the quarterback spot. I'm not going to talk about it at all. I'm going to try to give a few different names, some which may be rather obvious, others less so, and give you my reasoning. And I'm going to start right off the top with Theo Johnson. And the reason why I named Theo The young tight end, Jim, is that James Franklin and his staff, as we know, have been on a nice little run there at the tight end spot. And I think there was a lot of optimism coming into last season with Theo and Brenton Strange both having showed some flashes as freshmen during the cursed 2020 campaign that we were going to see exponential progress in line with what we expected from a Mike Kosicki or Pat Fryermuth. And I think everyone was kind of underwhelmed by the performance we got out of the tight end spot last year. I can think of numerous cases where either Strange or Johnson was in position to make a play for Sean Clifford and to help the offense, and they didn't do it. And I think in one or two cases, it may have literally cost Penn State a game. It was an instance where a tight end had a ball, touch his fingertips in his hands, He didn't complete the catch, and it changed field position. It stopped a drive. It prevented uh, a touchdown from being scored when we otherwise went to a field goal, and it might have cost Penn State an opportunity to win. And I know there has been a lot of buzz around Johnson since he committed to Penn State. I think he has shown a lot of tantalizing promise, and the reports have been pretty consistent coming out of the program for the last few years, that if you pin the coaches down, as much as they like Strange, they believe that Theo's the more talented guy. And my feeling was if Brenton Strange was going to take a stranglehold of the tight end one position, he was going to do it last year. He had a whole season to do that, and I don't feel like he did. So at this point, I'm looking to Johnson to really be the guy who makes the step and asserts himself to be a valuable difference maker on the offense. So I, I'm really excited to see whether or not he can do that and fulfill the promise we expected to see those guys convert
0: on last year. But sometimes, you, you know, sophomore slump is a real thing. It's, it's funny that you mentioned Theo Johnson. I'm positive a year ago I would put out Theo Johnson's name. And it's not that he can't do it. It's not that he isn't the most talented guy there in that room. The name I have written down from the tight ends is Tyler Warren. Mm -hmm. I think here's a guy who didn't play the position in high school. He was a quarterback. But I love those guys who played quarterback in high school but head to another position in college. The fact that they were the quarterback tells me their coach wanted the ball in their hands and trusted him. And with Tyler Warren still learning the position – there were a couple plays that he made that just last year that they were tantalizing enough that said to me, I want to see more of this. So it's it's interesting that we both have someone at that same position but went with different names. Go ahead. Where else are you going to go?
1: Well, real quickly, it's interesting. You and I both picked out tight ends. I think it highlights the boom-bust potential at that position and why it should be an area of focus for Penn State fans during this offseason season. That's a a place where Penn State has done really well. They've recruited very well, and we expected to have a continuation of the success we'd gotten used to. But there is also the question about what was the transition to Ty Howell as the position coach going to be like. A lot of positive buzz around him, but again, results a little underwhelming last year. So year two is big for Coach Howell, and I think it's going to be um, a prime opportunity for one of these guys to step up and really be a difference maker on offense. So the next name, and this is probably a really obvious one, but I don't know how you can talk about players you're excited to watch in 2022 and not mention one of the incoming freshmen, and that's Nick Singleton. To me, Jim, I I, I love old-school, boring football. Uh, It's not like I'm necessarily opposed to wide-open offense, but if you show me three yards in a cloud of dust, I'm going to be happy to watch it all day as long as it's well executed. And it just hurt my heart for Penn State to be so poor running the football last year. And, I, you know, look, I may eat my words. I have been very aggressive in promoting Singleton as a fix for Penn State's running game, or at least a partial fix. But I've, you know, read a lot of uh, breakdowns on the guy. I've watched tape, and I just love him. Like, I really believe he is the real deal, and I expect him to impact the field from day one. So uh, the Gatorade High school player of the year, coming in Nittany Valley at, um, you know, a position of absolute need, that's a marriage made in heaven, to, to use a cliche. I'm I'm really excited to see Nick Singleton.
0: You'd have to, you can't be a Penn State fan and not be excited about him coming in, Chris. He checks all the boxes and obviously it's a position of need. Yes, I hear you all saying, well, if that offensive line doesn't get fixed. Yes, I get it. I really do. But the lack of excitement from any of the other running backs, plus I'll add this in, Chris, forgetting whether it's a running back or a wide receiver, I like guys that I'll call playmakers. You know, who's the guy who's going to excite me as soon as the ball gets into his hands? And that that's important to me. Nick Singleton is going to be that guy. I'm going to throw another guy out here that probably not obvious, but everybody knows his name, and that's Parker Washington. I've loved the guy since watching his high school film. And I my segue, my lead up to this was using the expression playmaker. I think Parker Washington can be a real playmaker. I think he can be that number one receiver. And I'm even anxious to see them try to get the ball in his hands the way they did with Jahan Dotson last year. Mm. Can they find Mm -hmm. ways with jet sweeps or the little screen passes, you know, which they call the extended running play? Because I think Parker Washington can make things happen once he gets the ball in his hands. So. I'm really excited about seeing Parker Washington.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. I think the starting tandem of wideouts last year, Jim, each had a little bit of Bobby Ingram in them in their own unique ways. And to me, it's compelling to see how Parker is going to grow into more of a feature role. He's risen to the occasion from the moment he stepped on campus. So watching that growth arc continue, I think is going to be exciting for Penn state fans for sure. So, if Nick Singleton is going to be a fix for the Penn State running game, Jim, we don't just have to have an upgrade in performance at the tailback spot. What else do we need to have? Improvement uh, would that be along a better the... offensive line? <laughs> yes, yes. So I could really name just about anybody on Penn State's offensive line as a guy to watch. But the one I am going to be most interested in, I think, at the end of the day, is... uh. Olu Fashanu. And that is because I am either like at this point irreparably pessimistic or reliably optimistic about most of the other guys on the line. When I look at Fashanu, he has all the reason in the world to feel great about his ability to step in and upgrade the whole line by playing well, right? Tackle has been a problem spot for Penn State for a while. He is well-liked by the coaching staff. He showed flashes in limited action at the end of last, last season. And stop me if you haven't heard that same spiel about a guy who ultimately went on to stink year after year after agonizing year, going back to time immemorial with Penn State football. So, I you know, I I think some people think I am a cynic. The, the the sad reality of it is for, for me and everyone else is that I'm really not. I get to, hell, I, I've I've had season tickets to Penn State men's basketball for over a decade. I get suckered in over and over again like almost no one. And I I I'm gonna allow myself to at least be open to the possibility that this may actually be the guy who gets hyped up plays well in limited action at the end of the season, and then does not go on to be a total disappointment who makes me want to pull the hair I don't have out of my head. So whether he booms or he busts, to me, Freshanu is absolutely a guy we're going to have to keep our eyes on if you like the offensive line watch.
0: I'll give you two points here in response. First of all, as far as Penn State basketball goes, as far as glass half full kind of guy, you know what, Chris? I think next year is going to be the year we really see improvement out of that group. So there's my glass half full on the Hoops team. You and but, I are
1: equally moronic. I mean, again, like my brain looks at all the factors and says, yeah, that seems reasonable. My heart is like, what are you doing? Like you have, you have, you're you, you like Charlie Brown with the football with this thing. But, yeah, the way they ended the season gives you reason to hope.
0: And that incoming recruiting class next year – could be special. Yeah, it for may sure. take a couple of years actually for it to develop, but I think they're on the right track. So I'm like you, the the eternal optimist. And it's funny, Chris. I knew we had to talk about the offensive line, of course. And I wrote two names down, and whichever guy you picked, I was going to go with the other one. So Fashanu was one of the names. Could he be an anchor as a tackle? And just as an aside. Um, shameless plug for our Keystone kickoff show, if you haven't gone and listened to it yet, we had the coach Nick Caduti on and also go to his video on For the Bloggy, YouTube video, does a great job and he broke down the offensive line and things that were going wrong, and the first two plays, play one it was Caden Wallace, didn't make his block, play two was Rasheed Walker didn't make his block so Yes, Fashanu gives me some hope for the tackle position. And the other guy, and, and I'm looking, I for some reason, you know, that offensive line, I think of them as building blocks. Who do you have that could be bu- building blocks for the future? Fashanu is one guy. The next guy is Tengwall. Yep. You know, when have we had a young guy showing that kind of promise And the latest I've heard was he'll probably be at left guard next to Fashanu, where you have the two of them side by side, could anchor that position for a couple years. I'm excited about that possibility. And again, I'm, you know, the glass half full kind of guy. You know what? I think this is the year the offensive line is going to turn the corner and I still believe it, Chris, every year, and I believe it again this year.
1: Well, I am bearish on the O-line overall, but bullish on Tangball, for sure. And again, which is why, to me, Fashanu and his play is so essential, because those guys can elevate each other. And protecting the blind side of whoever's playing quarterback is just going to be so absolutely essential. And so let's go to the other side of the ball, Jim, and stay on the line and talk about pressuring the passer and talk about a guy who has a ton of hype, showed some flash at the end, and is almost certainly destined destined to be a massive disappointment. Let's talk about the defensive end, Smith Vilbert. Again, not a guy I am necessarily excited to watch. I I am more like, ah, uh, well, like. I'm more like nervous to watch the guy simply because there are so many things that when you look at him on paper are so incredibly compelling. And then you pull out the one game sample of what he did against Arkansas in an otherwise forgettable bowl game. And you think, man, if this guy can put it all together, he has the makings of a legit first team all conference contender. At the defensive end spot, and that would really, really help Penn State to be have to, to have a guy who could play volume snaps and also require opposing coordinators to scheme against him and know where he is on the field. But I've just been burned so many times. I think I said last year in my preseason preview, and nothing has really changed my view of this. I just feel like Smith Vilbert is big, is the new uh, you know Adafi Owe is fast. You just hear it over and over and over again. You get clobbered over the head, especially in all these preseason previews where we're all dying to just find some kind of content to fill the vacuum and inevitably end up repeating ourselves and repeating each other. You're going to hear this kid's measurables a dozen times or more in the month of August. And I I just have this sinking feeling like we're we're just not going to see that translate into results on the field. But again, if we do... Man, it could make a huge difference for the defense. Huge. Just that one player, Smith-Vilbert, defensive end.
0: And, and it's true. At defensive end, you look for who's that difference maker, who's that playmaker. We were so fortunate last year when Ibekidi came in and did what he did. So who's going to be that guy this year? Uh, you mentioned one name. I On this point, I was looking, is it Adisa Isaac coming back? Or... You know, it's always the new guy we can't wait to see. How about Danny Dennis Sutton? Highly regarded defensive end coming in as a true freshman. He's not there for the spring, unfortunately. But is he going to be that guy who you just say, hey, just go in, go get the quarterback." Go make a play at defensive end. We're not going to give you a lot of other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make you drop back in coverage. We're not going to make this complicated for you, kid. You're a freshman, first year in. Just go show us why you're a five-star kind of guy. So I'm excited to see what he's all about.
1: And I expect Dennis Sutton to play next year. For sure. And a guy who is not on my list, but I'm sure is going to be a player everybody is watching, is PJ Mustafer coming back off injury. I am, look, there are many things I am pessimistic about with next year's team. When I make my record prediction, it's probably not going to look too great. But there are individual guys I am optimistic about, and Mustafa is one of them. I think very, very highly of that kid. I think he's had plenty of time to rehab the injury, and I think he's going to come back and play at or near the level we saw him playing at last year. And again, just think about it, Jim. On third downs, third and long situations, if you can get a, a, a legit pass rush threat out of Vilbert, who I just talked about, and you know, you've got good and or at least solid interior line play, that's where you can do, like you said, just bring a kid like Sutton in and, and let two guys wreak havoc off the edge. If Penn State's going to turn it around next year, which I don't think they are, but if they do, they are going to need – Those kind of results out of of the edge rushers. It's just that simple. And to stay on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to use uh, two names, and they're related. And that's the King brothers, uh, Kalen and Kobe. I think we've heard a lot about Kalen King, and he was very hyped up going into last season. So you knew you were going to see less of him than uh, everybody who was trying to fill content in August was suggesting. And I'm I'm probably as guilty of that as anyone. He certainly looked impressive in the spring. I thought he had an up and down actual freshman campaign last year. He did some nice things again, seemed to get a little bit more of his footing down the stretch, which is none of that is is shocking, but I know everybody thinks very highly of Kalen. And I think he's going to have to play well at the corner spot with Tariq Castro fields moving on, but I, Jim, I'm a linebacker, you guy. I, I love that position. It has been frustrating to me, the downtick in production and the uh, you know, just kind of revolving door of underwhelming guys at that spot over the last several seasons. And I look at Kobe King, and he is not as hyped a recruit as his twin brother, but man, he 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 just looks and is built. And has seemingly the nasty streak that I have loved in some of the very best and, and, and most fun to watch Penn State linebackers over the years. So there were going to be some openings for him to play a lot next year. And again, I, I just like a guy with, uh, as my co-host Brandon Noble would say, and I'll clean it up for your listeners, a little poop in his neck. And Kobe King seems like that kind of guy. And I just want to see that nastiness come back to our linebacking core. He's a guy who feels like he should be wearing a neck roll. You know what I mean? You watched Jason Kabinda play, and then he finally put that, like, Sui Brothers neck roll on, and you're like, yeah, that that's just right. That fits. Well, Kobe King's that kind of player, and I say, you know, I I, I know Spider's not the equipment guy anymore. Whoever's the new Spider, get that guy a neck roll for this season. <laughs>
0: He's the guy, if he's playing on offense, he'd be playing fullback, the true fullback position. Yeah, 100%. Well, Here's my last one. As long as you were able to cheat, okay, and give two at once, I'm going to cheat even more, okay? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to give you three at once, okay? Awesome. And they're not there for the spring, but these three guys have one thing in common. Coming in, true freshmen, they're the Philly boys, the Philly guys on defense, they're all pretty much defensive end slash linebacker. They're just something about a Philly kid. I lived in Philadelphia area for about 15 or 20 years of my life. There's something about a Philly kid, whether he's playing basketball or football. They're just tough kids, okay? And that's what I'm expecting to see. And I'm interested to see, you know, Keon Wiley, Ken Talley... And let me say, and Abdul Carter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are the three guys in this recruiting class from Philadelphia. I don't know if any of them are going to break out, but I'm betting you that one or two of them will. And it may not even, may not be this year. But just that defensive end slash linebacker, it's so much in flux. I doubt, I don't know if we'll see them this year, but it wouldn't shock me if we did. I'm interested in the Philly guys, Chris.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so either, Jim, because to go back to my point about Kobe King, after Curtis Jacobs, who we are going to need to continue playing at the level he played at last year, and he's really matured nicely. He's been a fun player to watch. The linebacker situation is very muddled. That is a depth chart with a lot of fungibility. So you come in and you play with a chip on your shoulder, and you can show the coaches that more often than not, you're able to play within the system and be in the right position at the right times I think it is a great window of opportunity to get on the field a lot as a true or redshirt freshman at the linebacker spot so yeah I think it's wide open and I would not be shocked at all to see one of those three true freshman Philly guys get in there
0: same here that is going to have to be it for our show Chris it was fun I loved hearing the names How about we get together and talk some more Penn State football again next week, all right? Yeah, let's do it. All right, and thank you all for listening. Be sure you join us next week, then, on the obligatory Keystone Crossover Show.
1: Keystone Sports Network.